All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, who covers local Atlanta and Georgia-based sports. We're going to be talking with him about the state of Atlanta and Georgia-based sports, Matt Ryan, the Falcons, and much, much more. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So before we jump into my conversation here with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, I want to thank you all for making Locked on Falcons your first listen of the day each and every day. And of course, Locked on Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, as well as now available on YouTube. If those of you watching or listening to me right now don't know who I am, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong on Twitter, at falcfans, and hosting this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's episode, I am joined by a frequent guest on the podcast, podcast Jeff Schultz of the athletic he covers the Falcons he covers Georgia he covers the Braves he covers the Hawks he covers the United he covers everything when it comes to Atlanta sports over at the athletic and I joked with Jeff that I owe him an appearance on this podcast after a Falcons win and you know the Falcons won on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints so here Jeff is uh jumping on the podcast Jeff welcome back to the show <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. I, I, I chuckled when I got your, your text message the other day. Can you be on the show? Because I'm thinking, okay, my head has pretty much been in baseball recently. But the Falcons did just win a game. So maybe I should take advantage of this opportunity <laughs> to be on after a win. Because it so rarely happens. <laughs> and and in talking about that win, the Falcons went into New Orleans, beat the Saints, a team that I think a lot of people, you know, despite some of the issues that they're going through, is Firmly, you know, one of the better teams has been one of the better teams in the NFC this year. I guess, you know, how big a deal is it that the Falcons were able to pull off this win uh, and get to 500 for the first time in in really a long time? Uh, Sort of where does this win, you know, stack up in your eyes? I don't don't mean this to come out really as a criticism, but it's kind of like every win is really big right now, right? I mean, you're in the you're in the first year of a of a whole new staff, a new uh, coaching staff, front office staff. You know, personnel transition. There's a lot of que- uh, questions that are going to be uh, answered this year. Um, and you're going to New Orleans. You're easily your number one rival on the road. Uh, and even though, you know, they've lost their starting quarterback and, and Drew Brees retired and all that, and nobody's really sure what the Saints are right now, it's a huge win. I, I joked before the game. I think I sent out a tweet when somebody asked me about the game. It's like what I've learned in, what, for their 31 years or whatever I've lived in Atlanta is that, um, and I never had an appreciation for this rivalry when I lived in California, um, but what I've learned is that something strange is going to happen in a Falcon-Saints game. Something uh, unexpected is going to happen in terms of who wins or losses or loses. Often it happens. Um, and if I'm on the road, usually I'm going to have a good meal. Uh, those, are the, those are my three absolutes about, about Falcon-Saints. And um, I did not go to the game, but those other things certainly happen. And it's Long and short answer to your question, I think it's a big win. Um, I don't think it necessarily defines anything. We can get into that. Um, and, and certainly, as we saw 
you know, they, they played great and then they gave up, what was it, Aaron? Three touchdowns in seven minutes. And then we saw the other side of the Falcons. And then you saw the thing that they can do really well. And Matt Ryan can do really well still, which is, which is make a play uh, in a, in a two minute drive uh, down the stretch of a game to, to put him in position to win. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but they won and they are four and four. Well, we're going to, we're going to touch upon later about sort of Arthur Smith and what this means for Arthur Smith getting his first win against Sean Payton, something that the Falcons haven't done a whole lot over the last, what, 16 years that Sean Payton's been in New Orleans, whatever it's been. Um, And we'll talk about this uh, Falcons team uh, in relation to those uh, Atlanta and Georgia sports that Jeff has been so busy covering these last several weeks as we get further into today's Locked on Falcons. So guys, before we get there, I want to let you guys know about our friends at Built Bar who are unveiling a mystery box contest all week long. So get in on that action to guess what their mystery box flavor will be by November 12th. And if you win that contest, of course, you win a year-long supply of Built Bars, a Peloton bike. They have uh, other prizes like a new iPhone 13. You can get a $500 gift card to various retailers. So definitely take advantage of that mystery box uh, contest. But if you're not feeling adventurous enough to order a box of an unknown flavor of Built Bars, of course, you have tried and true flavors, limited time flavors like Paranormal Pumpkin, Blueberry Muffin, Strawberry Puff, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, the coconut almond, which tastes just like an almond joy. And just like all Built Bars, they taste just like a candy bar, but you get none of the guilt because Built Bars are healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. So go check out Built.com to enter that mystery box contest or order yourselves uh, another box of Built Bars and make sure you use the promo code LOCK15 when you do so that you get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, Jeff, you've been covering the baseball side of things quite a bit, the Atlanta Braves, in in case someone's been under a rock for the last couple of uh, weeks and months. Uh, They just won the World Series. We saw the Hawks, what, six months ago, go to the Eastern Conference Finals. We are seeing Georgia be kind of the front runner right now, at least as we're sitting here to, to potentially win the national title in college football this year, you know, in your eyes, given that you've been covering, you know, teams in this area for many decades, has it ever been this good collectively for, you know, Atlanta and Georgia based sports as it is right now? Yeah, it's funny. Cause I, I wrote a column, um, I want to say it was right maybe before the playoffs started uh, or late in the season about how things were trending upward in Georgia sports and referencing the three teams that you that you looked at. And, and I can't remember the specific years, Aaron, but the most I could kind of see where seasons overlapped were two teams. Um, you know, maybe one time a team went to the conference finals. Uh, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl previously, you know, a couple of times, obviously, the Braves were sort of up and down to those during certain periods. Um, and, and there were a couple of times when two teams overlapped. I don't think we've had a situation where potentially three teams were doing this well. Um, like you said, the Braves have won a World Series. 
uh, the Georgia would have to be considered overwhelming favorites to win the national championship right now. And, you know, we're early in the Hawks season, but just based on what they did last year with a very young team with a lot of moving pieces, you'd have to say that they're certainly in contention at least to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And so um, this is this is the best run, I, I would say, since I've lived in Atlanta. And obviously that's kind of modest. You're not going to, you know, match this up against, you know, Boston or L.A. or some other cities out there that have won – multiple titles, but um, <clears throat> put it this way, I don't think Atlanta's a punchline anymore right now, right? And uh, you just want respectability. And, and even as a fan, even if you don't win titles every year, Aaron, you want to go into seasons or you want to be in a season knowing that you have a chance and that you can contend for something. Uh, and you, like I said, you just don't want to be lampooned all year. And, and I think there've been too many seasons in Atlanta sports for all the teams where they were the butt of jokes and, that's not really the case right now. Um, and, you know, maybe things are starting to look up for the Falcons, too. Like I said, I think we'll – it'll be a little while probably before we know that. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, sort of how long yeah. do you – what is this sort of timetable? And I know that's a difficult question to answer for you, but uh, sure. at, at what point should we be expecting the sun to shine on this Falcon team? I mean, you know, you're seeing a lot of people talk, particularly this morning – uh, that, you know, if the playoffs started tomorrow, which they don't, but if they did, uh, the Falcons would be the seventh seed in the NFC right now. So I, I guess does that, you know, make this timeline for this Falcon team look a little bit better than maybe it did a month or so ago? Yeah, th those uh, th those morning conversations are always fun in, in, you know, after week eight because, of course, the playoffs don't open today. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you've been covering the NFL long enough and, and have been a football fan long enough to know that particularly in the NFL, seasons are defined not in September and October, but rather November and December um, before the playoffs. That's when you kind of really begin to realize who can work through pain and, and overcome obstacles and, and, and make playoffs. Um, you know, in terms of the difficulty I have, Aaron, and I'm not trying to avoid your question, but the difficulty I have in assessing them in the immediate future is I, I'm still not sure we know who the core group of this team is, right? Um, like I said earlier, I think a lot of decisions about starters uh, are going to be made, moving forward, going to be made based on this season. Um, I still think there are going to be several moves after this season with potentially some high-profile players. And you know, normally when you see you see a young team put together and you see a young team start to grow, then you think, you know what? Gee, we can we can make the playoffs this year, or we can win a playoff game this year, and then next year we could add a draft pick or two uh, who could start, and we could add a free agent or two, plug a hole here, and then next year maybe we can get to the conference finals. I just I have a hard time putting my head there right now. And again, I don't mean to avoid your question. I'm just. I, I just struggle with it. I think the one thing I think you were going to ask me about Arthur Smith too. The one thing I think we can discern at this point is I think he's going to be a very good head coach. I, I really do. I, I think what he is doing right now um, with the offense, I think he's made Matt Ryan better, number one, um, better than his predecessor uh, as the offensive coordinator. Um, I, I think he, what he's doing right now with the offense with no running game whatsoever 
is is really significant. I think people should um, pay attention to that because things change a lot when you can run the ball. And these guys can't run the ball right now. Um, they're not great up front in terms of run blocking, and they're not great in terms of handing the ball off. Um, Kurt Patterson has been really good, but he should not be your leading rusher. Mike Davis has not been good. I think the third leading rusher is Matt Ryan, unless I'm, I don't have their stats in front of me, but unless I'm incorrect. So they're going to need to improve things there. Um, their defense obviously still has a number of holes. I think, you know, obviously you've got Grady Jarrett, you've got AJ Terrell, which, which I think clearly a, a draft pick that they hit on, um, the previous regime did. Uh, and you got a couple other players, but uh, you've, you've got holes there. And I think that's why we see the inconsistencies on defense, maybe not to the degree in the Saints game, but it does sort of explain it, right? I mean, they're really good for a period, and all of a sudden, holy crap, we give up three touchdowns in seven minutes. I think that's kind of what happens when you have young players or inexperienced players or, frankly, mediocre players who who struggle in, in tough situations. They're just they're, – they're, there's a reason they are who they are, right? Um, so they can play well in certain periods at times, and there's there are other times when they can't. So I think this is kind of what we're going to see the rest of the year. Maybe the defense gets a little better. Um, I don't know that if a running game is going to make get any better. I do think the offense could potentially improve just because I think Matt Ryan is pretty good. And I think Arthur, I think Arthur, I'm sorry, Arthur Blank. I think Arthur Smith is, um, and this kind of goes to some of his early struggles, maybe the first few games this year. I think he's becoming more aware or familiar with his personnel now. And I think that's really important with any head coach and certainly an offensive coordinator is that, I mean, even, even you know, the same did Kyle Shanahan struggle in his first year because he struggled figuring out who to use in certain situations. Um, and, and I think Arthur Smith is figuring that out right now. And he, I don't know that he figured I, – I knew they liked Patterson. I don't know that he figured he'd have this major of a role in the offense as he has. I certainly did. I, I'm guessing most people who drafted fantasy league players do not. So um, – I think I think they're they're going to be okay offensively. They're going to get better. I, I don't know how much better the defense is going to get. And and part of that equation with the offense, with the room for improvement, some of that you would think is probably tied to Calvin Ridley, uh, right. if and when he comes back. We know that uh, given that he's going to be on the non-football injury list, that he's going to miss at least another two weeks, um, and we'll see if if it's longer than that. But given that Ridley really wasn't living up to a lot of the expectations for him going into the season, that feels like a, a, a big well of untapped potential for this offense moving forward. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah. And like you said, it's sort of hard to, to um, make a judgment on him moving forward. I mean, perhaps some of his struggles earlier in the year was still related to, you know, whatever mental or personal mental illness or personal struggles that he's going through. And we just didn't know it at the time. Um, you know, I, to me, Calvin Ridley showed in 2020 when Julio Jones didn't play all that many games, what he can do. I think we know what he can do physically. He is, he has proven that. Uh, and we know he can compete. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, it's, it's none of my business unless he wants to talk about it. I, I didn't really want to go down this track, but it's like, you know, we all hear things in my business but it's there's I'm not 100% solid on it, and frankly, even if I was, I wouldn't write it um, because it's none of my business. It's none of anybody's business unless he wants to talk about it. Um, mental illness is something, as I probably I don't know if I've mentioned to you before, something very near and dear to my heart. 
um, and it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, everybody taking care of themselves and mental health and all that. So um, I think he should take as much time as he needs. I understand the big macho, tough guy football thing is like, oh, no, he should be playing and tough it out. It's really not about that. And um, I hope he's okay. Um, I I have no reason to believe he won't come back and he won't be okay. But it's hard to project his future. And, and yeah, if you're asking me, you know, what can we project from him in the second half, I, I it's hard to say. He's mm-hmm. going to miss, what, at least two more games, I think, because he went in on the non-football injury list. I think you have to miss three. I don't know. But obviously he's a weapon. And if they if he could get in and play at least a few games this year um, in the second half, maybe just to reacclimate himself, then that would help moving forward. But it's I guess he'd have to say he's a question mark right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about another question mark with uh, Matt Ryan and his future here in Atlanta, given uh, how well he's played for the most part this season and, and sort of what that does uh, in, in terms of Jeff's thoughts on Matt Ryan's future, because Jeff has written quite a bit about that over the last year plus. So we'll get into that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast. So as we continue today's episode here with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, I want to thank all of you guys for making Locked on Falcons your first listen each and every day. And, uh, you know, I always have recommendations for your second listen each and every day. And since we're talking about Georgia sports, why not check out the Locked On Braves podcast, the Locked On Hawks podcast, or the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. Locked On Braves and Locked On Bulldogs are free and available not only on a variety of podcast platforms, but also on YouTube. You can check out Locked On Hawks on a variety of audio platforms, including Apple Odyssey, Google, and Spotify. And as we continue today's episode, I want to let you guys know about a free app called Get Upside that helps you get cash back on your gas. Uh, I know for those of you guys that are, you know, fans of Georgia sports, but live in and around Atlanta, you're always constantly stuck in traffic, bumper to bumper traffic, and you wind up burning through a lot of gas. Why not save some money at the pump? And you can do so with a free app called get upside to get you up to 25 cents back per gallon every time you fill up. And over time, that kind of savings can really start to add up. You can maybe make as much as two to $300 a month with an app like get upside and you have multiple cash out options. You can get payments directly into your bank account. You can use PayPal. You can also get it available for multiple retailers via gift cards. And now with get upside and you use our special promo code touchdown, you also get an additional 25 cents back per gallon. So that's up to 50 cents back per uh, gallon on your first fill up with that promo code touchdown. So don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Make sure you download the free get upside app on the Google play or the app store and make sure you use that promo code touchdown. When you sign up again, that's get upside promo code touchdown to start saving every time you fill up. So here with Jeff Schultz of the athletic talking about a subject that at least based off of his writings over the last year or two is near and dear to his heart, I would say, uh, but maybe Jeff would disagree with that. And and what about Matt Ryan and his future? I know one of the things that you spoke about before the season and when you were last on this podcast, we talked about what was sort of Matt Ryan's future here in Atlanta. How many more years would he play? Uh, I guess, you know, particularly coming off of this Saints game, 
Um, is Matt Ryan playing his way towards a, a contract extension this offseason, or are the Falcons going to restructure his contract for the 87th time this offseason? <laughs> yeah, I think it is 87. I just counted the other day. Um, uh, you know, Terry Fontenot, the Falcons general manager, did a, a Q&A with Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons for us in the athletic the other day. And he was asked this question. Terry Fontenot was asked the question about Matt's um, salary cap figure, which again, not going too deep into the weeds, but it's 26.9 million this year. And it jumps to 48.7 next year. I'll circle back to that in a minute, but he was asked about Matt and in back-to-back sentences in this Q and a Terry Fontenot said, we love Matt. I can't predict the future. <laughs> I think that's really important to keep in mind, Aaron, because as we, spitball this whole Matt Ryan thing both today and the future I think sometimes we get lost and 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 fans get lost because it's like why would you get rid of Matt Ryan who's still really good and he can still do some of the things he's been doing this year and won a game for them down the stretch um you know in New Orleans and and, he, and he, he's done a lot of great things as a player he's done all this great stuff for the organization he's represented both the franchise and the NFL very well. Why would you move on from this and that? I think, and I'll probably write a column on this at some point, depending on how the season unfolds, is we need to shift our focus from how good is Matt Ryan? Can he still play next year or the year after? To how good is the team? Because I really believe his future, and I've got back to that in a second, doesn't hinge so much on how good he is, but how good the team is. And here's why. And and by, and I mean how good the team is this year, by the way. As I get back to that cap figure, which jumps to 48.7 million next year, as you know, we've talked about this, the Falcons are going to have to do one of two things. He's not going to, first of all, he's not going to play for 48.7 million because then Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith would have to basically go scorched earth on the roster and if they were going to do that, they would have done it before their first year. They're not going to do it before their second year, right? So one of two things has to happen. Either they restructure for, as you said, the 87th time, okay, to get a more reasonable figure, and you're now extending the contract further and kicking the can down the road, which Terry Fontenot has told me multiple times he doesn't like to do. Um, or you are going to trade him post-June, much like you did with Julio Jones, and you bite the bullet, um, and you, you take a hit next year and probably the year after, but you, you begin to move on. The, one of those two things is going to happen, okay? And I think what determines which one of those th- two things happen, again, won't be, is Matt Ryan still a, I don't know, what are we, top 15 quarterback in the NFL, maybe? Yeah. The way he's been right now, okay? Is that fair to say? Um, I, I, I think it's going to be, is this team... I have to readjust my thinking because it's 17 games now. Is this team going to finish 7-10? and 10? Is this gonna, team going to finish 10-7? and 7? I mean, if this team finishes 10-7, and 7, and I don't think it will, but hypothetically, if this team finishes 10-7 and 7 and makes the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard to move on from him, right? Um, you're going to probably restructure the contract and say, let's keep this going for at least another year or two, and we'll, we'll figure it out next year. Mm-hmm. If this team finishes 7-10... and 10, um, maybe eight, nine, it kind of depends how the year goes. 
I think it's going to be, okay, how much better are we going to be next year with him? Again, it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with economics. Because if you are committing to him restructuring in the future, you're not really fixing any holes economically on the roster. Um, if you trade him after the season, excuse me, after the after June, you, you have more room now um, for the next couple of years to start to move on and rebuild the future, whoever your quarterback is going to be. I haven't even gotten to that. So I really think it's more about the team than it is Matt Ryan. Um, and I know everyone focuses on, man, the guy's still good. The guy's still good. Well, the guy is still good. But if the team's not good, what's the point of carrying a quarterback who's has a cap figure of anywhere from 27 to 49 million, depending on what you do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Cause I, I guess for, from my perspective, uh, as good as Matt Ryan is playing and you have a young piece with Kyle Pitts, I, I guess the question I've had and been sort of bouncing around in my head for the last several months is, okay, so if, if you're committed to Matt Ryan for the foreseeable future, whether that's two years, three years or, or whatever, um, and you have Kyle Pitts as his sort of go-to target. What's the difference for this team moving forward with Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts than it was over the last decade with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones as sort of the uh, premier pieces? And I, I guess, you know, and, and that's not meant to be a shot at Matt Ryan or Kyle Pitts or Julio Jones. It's It's just like, are you just basically going down the exact same path that we've been down for the last decade plus and right. what's going to be different? Is it different because Arthur Smith is going to be a better coach than his predecessors were? Okay, that's cool. Or is, is it mm-hmm. going to be different because Terry Fontenot is going to be a better general manager than his predecessor was? Okay. I mean, I guess, sure. Uh, so it, that's, if that's what we're, you know, hedging our bets on, then so be it. But I, it just, it doesn't necessarily, I guess, fill me with the same sort of joy because I feel like I've seen that movie before and I kind of know how it ends. It's like the Falcons are a good team for the most part during that, you know, over the last decade, um, you know, despite missing the playoffs more than they made it. But like they were generally a competitive team during that time. Um, but like, I, I feel like I've seen that movie. And so what's going to be, what's going to be the twist ending, I guess, of this next movie led by Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts over the next two, three, four, five years or whatever case may be. So I, I, I certainly understand that perspective. Does, I guess what I'm saying, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I just, I, I, I guess I'm focused. I'm really not focused on Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts and whatever, however many handful of pieces you are, are on this team that you say are part of the core moving forward. I'm focused on all the holes, right? And and this really isn't a glass full, glass empty argument. This is more like I'm talking about an NFL team. You can't win as we would define winning with this many holes. And and you're going to have to hit on every single draft pick or most of your draft picks. And you're going to have to really make hay with some low budget free agents if that's going to be your plan moving forward. Because there are cap issues that are not going away in the next two years. They're just not going away. And, and um, yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to to me. So are you prepared to say, okay, we're going to keep trying this with Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, and, and the offense is going get to get better, and we'll find a running back, and we'll, you know, our coach will teach 
our, our offensive line to, to block better um, and run blocking. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try this. We're going to keep going, moving forward with this. Or are you going to say, we've been doing this, right? We, nothing against Matt Ryan, nothing against, you know, whatever, but we have too many other holes that we have to fill. And this is a financial impediment that's preventing us from eventually doing that. Mm. Um, and that's the decision they're going to have to make. And I think that decision is going to be made based on not what Matt's yards per attempt or, or quarterback rating or touchdown interception ratio is after the season. I really think that decision is going to be made in part where the team is and how much work um, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot determine after this season this team needs. Um, that's just my opinion. It's not based on a conversation with anybody. That's just, I want, I want that very clear. Um, that's just my opinion, but we'll see. I think we'll know more maybe the last two, three weeks of the season, right? I think we'll, I think that's when we'll really find out about this team, depending on how they finish and kind of to some degree, how do they project toward 2022? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at where it's just like, okay, you, you know, you like before you, you knew Matt Ryan was good. You knew Julio Jones was good. It's about getting the rest of the team in order, those holes that you're talking about. And now it's like, okay, if Matt Ryan's still going to be good for X number of years, you know, Kyle Pitts is, is an ascending player and you hope he's going to be one of the better weapons in the league for the next X number of years, then it's about filling those holes. And, you know, that's what I'm getting at where it's like, mm-hmm. what is going to be different? Is it going to be different because Arthur Smith is a better coach? Is it going to be different because Terry Fontenot is a, a better general manager? And and maybe they wind up being those things and they do do a better job of filling those holes and sur- surrounding those guys with the talent. But it just kind of feels like the same movie over and over again. And it, I just right. kind of know how that movie ends. Absolutely. By the way, uh, we you've mentioned Julio Jones a few times here now. Do, do you know that he has about half as many receptions as Cordero Patterson right now? Uh, I've heard some things. I've heard some things. <laughs> will you be getting a Cordero Patterson jersey and kind of burn your other one, or what will you be doing? Well, I, I, I could find, go through my closet and find a Roddy White jersey and uh, just uh, <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah, put some <laughs> masking tape and, and write his name on the back, I guess. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I don't know why I had to. I'm just you got to do what you got to do, man. You got to do what you got to do. Podcast troll. Jeff, I appreciate you coming on here and uh, humoring me, uh, talking with you about the Falcons, and we'll see as. We often say uh, what will come of this season as we move forward, if this team is going to maintain its potential playoff contention or not. But uh, let the listeners know what you have coming for them over at The Athletic, uh, covering not only the Falcons, but the other various teams in the area. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I, uh, it's always fun to be on your podcast. Um, non-football-wise, I have a column on uh, Freddie Freeman right now. I'll be Circling back to football now that baseball's pretty much over, um, be running on Georgia, Tennessee this week, and uh, we'll be circling back to the Falcons next week. And um, maybe we could talk again uh, when they beat the Jaguars or something, you know? 
down the line. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know how many more wins they're going to get this season, so I, I might have to promise that post-win slot to somebody else over the uh, years that's been on too I, often. Uh, I understand. I, I got my I got my one post-win slot. Yeah. I'm I'm happy now. Yeah, this well, is my, I'll circle the over back. Under, the over under was one, so I'm I'm good. So I'll circle back to you in three years after the next <laughs> win in New Orleans. So uh, I appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, um, once again, as always, enjoy uh, you coming on your podcast, uh, coming on this podcast and sharing your insight into this team. And the, for those of you guys that, uh, you know, aren't subscribers to The Athletic, it's a great resource, whether you're a Falcon fan, whether you're a Braves fan, Hawks fan, United fan. They got all the sports covered and you're paying basically one price to, to get insight into one team for 497 teams or however many teams that they wind up covering over the other leg. So it is definitely a bargain resource. And Jeff, I do appreciate you for joining us today on Lockdown Falcons. Thank you, Aaron. So guys, that's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Falcons. Want to thank once more Jeff Schultz for coming on the podcast and sharing his insights into the variety of topics that we discussed on today's episode. And tomorrow's episode will be an all 22 review and Q and a will be probably focusing primarily on the Falcons improved run defense. And, you know, one player that we suspect will was a instrumental part of that improved run defense in the last three quarters of that saints game was Anthony Russia player that the Falcons officially signed to their roster on Monday. Uh, they had one spot available after putting Calvin Ridley on that non-football injury list over the weekend and Anthony Rush is going to fill that spot. So we will see sort of what Anthony Rush and the Falcons run defense did on film to lead to their success. But, uh, you know, we'll probably wind up seeing more of Anthony Rush moving forward. And that, you know, big slabs of beef uh, in the middle of the Falcons uh, defensive line. So that's what we'll get into on tomorrow's episode. And if you have any questions that you want to send in via Twitter or Facebook or email, or you can leave a comment here on YouTube uh, so that I could potentially answer those questions on tomorrow's episode. In addition to breaking down the film, answering your listener questions, of course you can do so. The Twitter and Facebook pages are locked on Falcons. The email address is locked on Falcons at mail.com. And of course here on YouTube, leave a comment on locked on Falcons. You leave a comment on this video, potentially gets answered on tomorrow's video. So guys, I appreciate you for tuning in for another episode of locked on Falcons. Uh, in addition to those second listen recommendations like locked on Braves, locked on Hawks, locked on Bulldogs. I also have Peacock and Williamson, our flagship show here on the Lockdown Podcast Network covering all 32 NFL teams. If you want to get the lowdown, not only on what happened in the Monday night game, as well as the weekend's games, as well as the big moves, Odell Beckham's release, what where his destination could be, Russell Wilson coming back, a bunch of cuts over the last couple of weeks, a bunch of trades over the last couple of weeks. And of course, Peacock and Williamson is the place to get all of that insight covered by NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Of course, Peacock and Williamson is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple Odyssey, Google, and Spotify. So there you guys have it. I hope you enjoy the high uh, coming off of the Saints win. And we got a, another great matchup later this week uh, with the guys over at Locked On Cowboys to preview this upcoming Week 10 matchup between the Falcons and Dallas Cowboys. So that will do it for us here on today's Locked On Falcons. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.